Hello, my friend. If you're a pastor, this podcast is for you. Let's talk shepherdology. This is episode seven of Shepherdology. My name is Dean Taylor, and Shepherdology is for pastors. I have taken the summer off. I had not planned to do that, but just with my schedule, that's how it worked out. And so I'm just now getting back to uh, recording these episodes and uploading them. One of the most encouraging things for me over the summer has been when I've crossed paths with some of you or received messages from you. Uh, Some of you have told me what an encouragement Shepherdology has been to you. So I was planning to start up again, but that just really motivated me to uh, to make it happen. So here we are. We're starting up with Shepherdology again. I plan to be back on an every two-week schedule and hopefully having them up for you on Mondays. So that is my plan. I am excited about what I'm going to be sharing with you over these next few episodes, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But first of all, let me say that uh, it's my desire to be a friend to pastors. And again, through conversations I've had over these past few months, I've realized what a need there is for that and how encouraging it is to some of you to have this kind of person, this kind of voice in your life. So praise God, and we'll continue. I start each episode with an encouraging truth. This past summer, I read through the pastoral epistles repeatedly, several times, numerous times, and journaled various uh, ideas and insights and truths that uh, stood out to me as I did that. And one of them that I came back to over and over is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, where Paul says to Timothy, "'You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus.'" Now, he had just been talking about uh, people who had left him, people who had departed from the faith, people who were opposing the gospel. He also had talked about Onesephorus, who had been loyal to Paul and had been encouraging to him. And then he says to Timothy, Now, Timothy, you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Then he went on to tell Timothy to endure hardship. He told him there would be, he warned him there'd be suffering, and he wanted Timothy to know where to find his strength. Now, here's what's encouraging. He doesn't just tell him, hey, Timothy, man up, Um, muscle up here. That's not the idea, muscle through. No, be strong is a passive voice verb, which means the action happens to the person, to the subject. So he's actually saying, hey, Timothy, be strengthened, or we might even say receive strength. It is also a present tense verb, which means it's continual. Timothy, keep on receiving strength. Now, of course, the question is, where does that strength come from? Well, Paul says, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So God's grace is his favor that we don't merit or deserve. It includes his enabling power. So he's saying here that you can receive strength 
from the grace, from the favor that is yours because of Jesus Christ. Hey, if you're a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus, you've been united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. You are accepted by God in him, and all the riches of God in Christ Jesus are yours. So my pastor friend, there is an infinite reservoir of grace that is yours in Jesus Christ. So you can ask for strength. You can accept that strength. You can claim that strength in prayer, and you can minister out of that strength. And this past summer, I was involved in various ministry endeavors. I taught a week of a doctor of ministry class uh, on shepherding the flock of God here at Faith Baptist Theological Seminary. I spoke for two weeks at two different camps this summer where I preached nine times over a period of five days. And uh, by the end of a week like that, I'm tired of listening to myself. I, I'm, I'm hoping that people are still listening to me. And it's just draining. You're pouring yourself out, and the energy is just gone. And I also spent two and a half weeks in the Philippines preaching, spoke to a pastor's conference, and then I taught on expository preaching for two weeks at Haven of Grace Seminary. And I had some other preaching opportunities as well this past summer. And let me tell you, there were many times when I just thought, you know, I don't have the strength to keep going. I'm physically exhausted. I'm spiritually spent. My, my mind is blank. I've just got, I can't even hardly think straight. And I need strength from God. And I just said, Lord, I need this. You, your word says I can be continually strengthened by the grace that is mine in Jesus Christ. So I'm asking you for it. I claim it. I accept it, and I will move forward into this ministry opportunity in the strength that I believe I have and am confident that is mine because of Christ. Now, that's encouraging, and that same strength, my pastor friend, is yours. So you can be strong. You can be continually strengthened. You can be enabled by the grace that is yours in Christ Jesus, that endless, infinite supply of is there for you. So ask for it, accept it, avail yourself of it, and move forward in that grace. Now, this is kind of fun. I, I didn't realize how much I missed this. And, and again, hearing from some of you saying, hey, we really appreciate, I really appreciate Shepherdology. It's very encouraging to me. I even heard from um, a missionary friend in, uh, in Japan and then some of the men that I taught in the Philippines have started listening. And so it's just amazing how something like this starts to reach out and make an impact. And that is my heart. So I'm here to be your friend. I'm very excited to be back at it. And I was asked to speak at a, pa at a men's retreat in August. And I was assigned a topic. And I was going to be speaking to uh, not just the men in general, but specifically to the pastors. And the topic that I was assigned was in the form of a question. And here's the question. What is a healthy pastor? What is a healthy pastor? Now, all kinds of things come to mind. Of course, we think of physical health, being well and in good shape and not fighting any kind of chronic sickness physically. 
Uh, we think of spiritual health. We think of mental and emotional health. So what is a healthy pastor? And I want to take that topic because I was intrigued by it. I had never studied it before, and I developed a workshop on this topic and uh, really hardly was able to get to all of it in the time I had because I had so much, so many ideas and thoughts on it. And I decided to go ahead and, and use this use this material as the basis for several of these podcasts. So today and at least two more, maybe three more of these, uh, I'm going to be talking about what is a healthy pastor. So what is a healthy pastor? Well, let's try to answer that question. One of the first thoughts I had was, does the Bible say anything about a healthy pastor? And I began to scan the scriptures, especially the pastoral epistles, looking for anything that would point to that. And I believe I did find several places in the scriptures that talk about a form of health that would apply to a pastor. But I landed on one place, one passage, that I think indicates that there is a biblical basis for thinking about pastoral health, and this passage also points to what is included in pastoral health. Now, some of the men who are at the workshop uh, may be listening, and I, I said to them, I'm going to turn this into a podcast, and and so if uh, if you're listening, I hope this is helpful for you to hear it again and maybe to review it or or to uh, to be able to spend a little more time on on these ideas, and that's what I plan to do. And so I hope that's helpful for you. And then also for others who are listening to this now with this idea of, of a healthy pastor. So what is the passage that I landed on? Well, it's 3 John verses 1 through 4. Let me read 3 John verses 1 through 4. The elder, that's John, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I'm going to especially focus on where John says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, we don't know for sure who Gaius was or what the position was that he held. He was probably a leader in the church since John sent a letter to him that addressed church issues. We can at least say he was a Christian with some level of influence in the church. And John addresses him by saying, I'm praying for you. So this, this would be a common greeting, and, and sometimes we start emails or messages this way. I hope you're well, hope you're doing well. But, but I think it's more than just that because he's very specific. He says, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying that you may prosper in all things. So that's a general statement. Then he gives two specific parts of Gaius' life that John prays is prospering. He says, and that you may be in health just as your soul 
prospers. So John is expressing this prayer to God on Gaius' behalf. And he's saying, I've prayed for you, and I've prayed that you would prosper in all things. Now, in our day, when the idea of prosperity comes up in relation to ministry, a red flag might go off in your mind, and you start thinking about the prosperity teaching and preaching or the prosperity gospel that is so popular. Well, I don't think that's what John had in mind. Uh, You know, you look at preachers and sneakers, Instagram, and you see, you know, preachers wearing $900 Nikes and and, uh, Gucci leather jackets worth thousands of dollars. Or you see, you know, famous preachers uh, being driven around in a black Escalade and flying to their speaking engagements in their personal Gulfstream 5 jet. Well, I don't think that's what uh, John had in mind for Gaius. I don't think he was praying that Gaius would enjoy luxuries of material things and a comfortable life financially and materially. I don't think that's what he had in mind, right? So let's talk about it. Prosper, the word prosper, the Greek word is euodao. It is a general term for doing well, and literally it means have a good journey. Paul used it in Romans 1, where he said, I'm praying that uh, my plans might succeed to go and see you in Romans 1.10. And so it means to have a good journey, to be successful in your endeavor, to make progress. So he's generally saying, hey, I hope, hope you're doing well. hope things are progressing well for you. But then he breaks it down into two parts. And he says, and I pray that you may be in health. The Greek word there is hugaino, and that usually refers to physical wellness. It means to to be healthy in uh, in contrast to being sick. So this is what uh, the, way, the way it's recorded in John chapter 5, uh, verses 6 and 7, when Jesus saw the lame man there at the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus said to him, do you wish to get well? That's the word. The sick man, the scripture says, answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and so on. So it literally means to be physically well. So prosper is a general term. Health refers to physical wellness. But then John adds, just as your soul prospers. So he's repeating the idea of prospering, but here he's using it to describe Gaius's soul, his psuche. What is that? What is a person's soul? Well, I studied this. I studied this in uh, the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, and uh, there's a long article in there that presents numerous ways this word is used in the New Testament. It's used of the whole man. It's used of true life and distinction from physical life. Uh, it's used as the inner man in contrast to the physical body. And, and here's what the article says about the use of psuche in 3 John 2. It says, The author expresses the wish that the recipient will be as well and healthy in all things as his psuche is. So we have here a distinction between the physical and the spiritual life. And he says this psuche is not just the whole self or life of man, but it is the life which is ultimately important, that is, which is orientated to God. 
So what John is talking about in, in rega- regarding his prayer for Gaius is his life that is oriented toward God. Uh, so he, he's talking about his spiritual life. He says, just as your soul prospers. So he's saying, I, I'm praying that you will be well physically, but I'm also praying that you would be prospering or thriving in your spiritual life and in your relationship with God. So I'm going to use that to define pastoral health. And let me give you the definition that I came up with for pastoral health. So what is a healthy pastor? What is pastoral health? Pastoral health is stewardship of your body and cultivation of your inner man in order to most effectively fulfill your calling to shepherd the flock of God. Let me say it again. Pastoral health is stewardship of your body and cultivation of your inner man in order to most effectively fulfill your calling to shepherd the flock of God. And I think that's what John was was saying that he was praying for Gaius. I'm praying that you would be generally doing well, that you'd be moving forward in your journey, the journey of life, the journey of God's calling on your life, your your service to the Lord. And then he addresses the two areas, your phys- his physical life, uh, he says, I pray you'd be healthy, and your spiritual life, your inner man, your relationship with God. So you and I have the opportunity to steward our bodies and to cultivate our spiritual lives so that we can most effectively fulfill our calling to shepherd the flock of God. Now, let me quickly draw a little bit of a conclusion from that. If we're talking about stewardship of your body and cultivation of your inner man, my pastor friend, who is responsible for that? Who's going to take responsibility for that? Now, you may be so very blessed to have a church and people in your church and maybe deacons in your church who care about your physical health and well-being and your spiritual life, how you're doing in your relationship with God, and they may encourage you, pray for you, ask you, provide opportunities for you to be a good steward of your body and to cultivate your spiritual life, and that's awesome. But but I'm telling you, in most cases, you have to think about it, and you have to to initiate and and be responsible for steward, stewarding your body and cultivating your inner man yourself. So pastoral health, in that sense, is up to you. And a healthy pastor is physically well and has a thriving soul. Now, of course, there are some physical conditions that are beyond your control, and you can just be as physically well as is in your power. But a thriving soul is something that you can have. And I know in ministry, your soul can be drained of strength, can be sapped of life, can be dried up because you're always pouring yourself out for others. And I'm telling you, you've got to cultivate your own inner man. There has to be a flow of of spiritual nourishment into your heart, into your soul, so that your soul is thriving. And a healthy pastor is both physically well, as physically well as possible, 
and has a thriving soul. Now, the question then is, what are some of the basic practices that cultivate pastoral health? And I'm just going to have time to get started in this today, and then uh, we'll pick it up where we leave off in the next episode of Shepherdology. I'm going to uh, bring up another text of Scripture, and as we talk about basic practices that cultivate pastoral health, a passage of Scripture that comes to mind is 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And let, let me start by, by reminding you of, of an instruction that Paul gives to Timothy in verse 16. 1 Timothy 4, 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Now, that instruction is embedded in a list of instructions that Paul gives to Timothy. So I'll, I'll highlight those, but just notice that at the heart of it is this instruction to take heed to yourself. He's saying, hey, Timothy, take care of yourself. Be on guard for yourself. Cultivate these elements of your personal life and of your public ministry. So in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, he says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Verse 13, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So in verse 12, he's addressing Timothy's personal life. In verse 13, he is addressing his public ministry. Then in verse 14, don't neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So in these instructions, Paul is telling Timothy to take care of his public ministry, but he's also urging Timothy to cultivate his personal life, his inner man, his walk with God. Take heed to yourself. And he says, continue in them, in verse 16, for in doing this you will both save yourself and those who hear you. Now, as a pastor, you, you, you're forced to pay attention to your public ministry. I mean, you got to be ready to preach on Sunday. When you get up there, you're going to be ready because you're standing there in front of people and they expect something to come out and something decently decently helpful. And and so you're, you're going to work on your sermon. You know, if somebody has an emergency, you're going to respond to that. You're probably going to be doing some counseling. You're, you're engaged in public ministry. And I'm not saying it's only only because you're forced, but but you have to do it, right? But, but we aren't forced to cultivate our personal lives. We, we are not required. Um, it, doesn't, it isn't immediately evident to people whether you're cultivating your relationship with God or not. But as Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, you got to do this. You have to be an example in word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, purity. You need to meditate on these things so that your progress will be evident. Timothy, you need to take heed to yourself. So so your personal life is of first importance, and your ministry will only be healthy if you are healthy in your personal life. I'm going to say that again. Your ministry will only be healthy 
if your personal life is healthy. If you are healthy and thriving, prospering, as John said in 3 John, in your heart, prospering in your soul. So what is the first way to cultivate pastoral health? It is to commune with God. Commune with God. Now, I spent a whole podcast on this, talking about a pastor's devotional life, so I won't repeat all that. I encourage you to go back and listen to that, or if you haven't heard that, to listen to that one. But let me just highlight a few things about your communion with God. It needs to be meaningful and fresh. That can be a challenge for a pastor. Um, there needs to be some kind of, of technique that you use to make sure that you're not bypassing your own heart, you're not jumping to to uh, developing a sermon outline when you read the Bible, that you are personally taking in the Word to your own soul. And that might be by reading repeatedly through one book and journaling. That's what I did this past summer. Maybe using a devotional book. Maybe just getting out away from the office or even your home and walking and meditating on Scripture as you walk, and praying and talking to your Heavenly Father as you're out in the fresh air and the outdoors. So so just cultivating a meaningful and fresh communion with God. And it needs to be consistent, uh, regular, daily. Now, if you miss, don't feel guilty. Don't be defeated. Just keep returning to that time with the Lord. So meaningful and fresh, consistent, and, and part, I think part of communion with God is being on guard against temptation. And you know what your weaknesses are. You know where you're vulnerable. You know where, if you're going to fall into sin, it's probably going to happen. So, so be proactive, as aggressive as needed, and treat that area of vulnerability with truth. And get outside help if needed. Get help. Because repeatedly falling into a sin produces guilt and spiritual emptiness and an ineffective ministry. So part of being a healthy pastor is being on guard against temptation and addressing areas where you're weak. Now I'm going to stop there because I want to have prayer with you, but when we talk next time, we'll talk about more practices for cultivating a healthy life and ministry and about what it means to be a healthy pastor. My friend, I do want to pray with you and pray for you. So would you just in your heart, wherever you are, if you're walking, running, driving, sitting, uh, just, just join me in your heart as I pray for you. Father, it's so good to be reconnected with my pastor friends. And I pray that hearing just these thoughts and, and, and scripture being read to them and words of encouragement being shared, would be uh, a breath of fresh air, would be that refreshment like Paul experienced from Onesephorus, and and would uh, be a source of, of spiritual nourishment and life. Father, I pray for a pastor who may be struggling, and he might even say, you know, I'm not a healthy pastor. Lord, help that pastor to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Help that pastor to receive strength, to accept it, to claim it, because there is an infinite reservoir of grace that is in Christ Jesus. 
And Father, I pray for my pastor friends to have a sweet time today of communion with God, just to enjoy fellowship with you in your word and in prayer. And may you nourish their souls. May they have a time that is refreshing, a time when they can cast their burdens on you, when they can ask for your help as they pray for their families, as they pray for their people. And I pray it would be a sweet time of communion with you. And Father, bless, I pray, as they go through this week, studying, caring for people, uh, leading the church. And I pray that you'll help each of them in their specific places to have wisdom and strength from you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to connect with me, my website is deanhtaylor.com. You can email shepherdologypodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at deanhtaylor63, or we can connect on LinkedIn. So I look forward to getting together again, and we'll talk shepherdology.